if you do a good job of Tom Sawyering somebody, they think they have Tom Sawyer themselves. So I, I salute you for your exactly uh, manipulation of your close friend. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music episode 138, the Telosa episode. Very happy to have on the podcast this week the Asheville-based duo Aunt Vicky. And I'm just now realizing I forgot to ask them if it's aunt or aunt. I think it's aunt. I think they kept saying aunt. We'll see as the show goes on. Maybe they'll mention the name of their band. Who knows? Who is Aunt Vicky? I hear you saying. They are a guitar-driven, ethereal folk duo with elements of retro rock, old country, and grunge. That sounds just like I didn't read it, didn't it? Aaron and Lee met at Northern Michigan University, where Aaron was studying sculpture and art, and Lee was studying music theory and performance. They performed throughout Michigan, New Orleans, Detroit, New York, Portland, Maine, and many other Also, I want to mention there's going to be two parts of this episode in a little different way. The first part is going to be Aunt Vicky music, and then uh, Lee Dyer, uh, the Lee and... Aunt Vicky uh, is actually also a music producer, and we're going to have a part two with selections from songs that he has produced, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But this episode is all about Aunt Vicky, and here they are right now, Aunt Vicky. <laughs>
so I wrote Bergamot. Um, let's see, we were living in a camper in New Orleans. And, um, you know, I typically write lyrics and vocals first. And I kind of like get a melody in my head and vocals come, come naturally. Um, I'll, I'll kind of hum a melody and then write a song based off of that. But this is one of those songs where I actually wrote the guitar part, like kind of like the main riff of the guitar. And it was, I was just fiddling around in the camper where we were living and uh, I kind of wrote a poem around it. Mm -hmm. And I, if I can remember correctly, I had sort of been writing this poem already. It was like, it was in like a notebook of mine and I wrote this riff and I was like, you know what, I think that I could pair these two together, which I don't do that very often. So it was an interesting exercise in me having a poem that I wanted to put to music and then finding this interesting music and then kind of merging them and seeing how, how that would go. Uh, and I kind of just thought of it as a love poem turned into a song. It was kind of about accepting where you are and being thankful for what you have and kind of manifesting what you want. And what is bergamot? Bergamot is actually, it's a citrus, but it's like a smell. Um, so, um, I was burning a lot of it on my little oil burner and I was like using that scent a lot mm -hmm. in my, in my house. And I'm kind of a ritualistic person who I like, like smell is really important for me for like ritual as you can tell, because the sage was just. For example, I just burned sage before this. Right. I just like I just like to have like 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 markers to help me get into the right like a, a headspace, you know, yeah. like like smell yeah. or sound. And uh, I was using bergamot a lot in our little space, like a cleansing thing or like a calming thing. And uh, I, I think there's like a line about it. I had, it has something to do with like putting it on my pillow and, and I was kind of incorporating that into being where I am, like anchoring yeah. me in the moment and being happy yeah. where I am and realizing what I have. And that's sort of how that all came together. <laughs> oh, uh, you messed up my joke because I, I, for some reason I thought it was someone's name or a place and I was going to say it sounds delicious, but I guess it actually sort of does sound delicious. Cause it's it sort of does. <laughs> I've never eaten. Like, yeah. yeah. Like as far as I like, it's like a bass note and a lot of like, you know, like, I don't know, perfumes oils and perfumes oils, and yeah. stuff like that. I had never heard of it before, so I thought it was a place as well. <laughs> right. Um, one thing I noticed about this is, uh, you know, it has not, not a, not like a, you know, definitely not a heavy metal uh, vibe, but kind of a, you know, a lot of um, kind of hard instrumentation in the beginning. Uh, and then when your voice comes in, like it was a little bit unexpected because it was very smooth and it was a, light, a lot of contrast there. Um, so I'm curious when it was that from the beginning, it sounds like you might've like written it on an acoustic guitar or something. Uh, and then the production. I wrote it on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So he like, so the thing is I'm like a very, very basic musician. Like I, I like, I, I like to write songs and I love to sing and I can play guitar all right, mm. you know? And like, I use it as a tool for writing and I actually use it for performing too, but like, I'm not super music. I, I, I don't come from a background of music going into writing. I come from like an artist who's trying to write and then uses like uses an instrument as a tool. So I wrote that song very simply, just the main riff and then and singing that kind of poem. And then it usually gets to its 
sounding like a song phase once Lee. <laughs> like some of them stand alone on their own. Like mm. some are just like okay songs on their own, but some of them like require Lee to hop in and do his thing with well, I think the, with though, the music. To- because she's not classically trained and doesn't have a lot of music theory in her brain, she's she plays things that that I wouldn't play. Mm-hmm. And so then I get to apply theory. To, I get to have fun with it. I get to right. put my stuff on there. Right. Yeah. yeah, he fleshed it out. So if it sounded metal or rock at all, like it's probably his contribution to it. <laughs> right. I'm not metal at all. <laughs> no, but I mean, I guess I, I sort of write sometimes like like the tone. It's like a darker tone to some of the stuff that I write. And that, you know, probably you're picking up on that and then like instrumenting that. So All of these yeah. were recorded in your home. Is that right? So the first, the first uh, album, which is going to be the more pared down of the two songs, mm-hmm. uh, the one that doesn't have band, a band sound, is going to be mostly recorded in our camper in New Orleans or in our practice room in New Orleans, which was full of death metal bands. Oh. Yeah, we, Met, we rap bands and metal bands. So like maybe that's part of. We the rented a space at the Fountain Blue. Which was like a shitty old hotel turned into a music space, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It was such a crap hole, but like every we could make noise any time of day or night, and it was mostly metal bands and rappers on our floor. You got we were trying to record like a kind of folk. You get like what you pay for with that place, man. Like yeah, we yeah. were literally walking down the stairs, and there was a puddle of piss, and we had to step over the puddle of piss to get downstairs. So, it's but like, it was awesome. Like, it could be like. You could just be loud at all hours yeah. of the day, so it worked. Yeah. But yeah, that was recorded in either in the camper or in that space. Guarantee you, if you like isolate an acoustic track off of that album, you could zoom in and like hear someone screaming in the background yeah. for their battle. <laughs> Quiet 
So Lights Out is our is one of is our first single on our new album called Love in the Dark. And it is about recording in places like Fountain Blue. It's about recording in our apartment. Mm. We're in our house now. We're, we're renting a house and it's awesome because it's standalone and we can make as much noise as we want. And so far, no one's really complained. But we lived in an apartment where literally every floor, wall, ceiling was shared with a, a neighbor yeah. in the same building. Yeah. And so... We, even if I had a drum set at the time, I couldn't. I could have never played it right. without really pissing someone right. off. But even just singing felt really awkward, and so it was basically the whole idea of the song was like, "I better get this done before it's time to go to bed." So, or be- before like curfew, like there yeah. is no real imposed curfew, but there's like you can hear your neighbors start coming home. You know, it yeah. gets way more, yeah. more and more awkward, and you like. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like it closes in on you. Like, yeah. that hour when, like, it's not free anymore and there's there's people coming home. And, and like how in Fountain Blue, where you could hear metal bands in the background, here you can hear the neighbor listening to TV. You could hear the bear rummaging in the trash outside. You could hear yeah. a dog barking yeah. or, like, cars driving by. Birds, even. We had to stop tracks yeah. for birds. Like, no <laughs> birds, whatever. Why would you stop tracks for a bird? You just put the birds in there. Yeah, no, actually, we're fine, we're fine with it. You can't have birds on every track, though, because then you got, like, 150 birds, you know. We're cool with ambient, no- like, noises within reason. Birds are cool, but with home recording, the if you it's fine with one, but when you have 20 tracks of ambient noise, it starts to add up and starts yeah. to sound yeah. like a home recording. So, yeah, that was kind of, the song is about the frustrations and the awkwardness of home recording, mm-hmm. and also about, like, just kind of running out of time in general. Yeah, we were both also just like, he was working at the post office, he was a mail carrier, mm-hmm. and we were both just like so busy all the time. And so it's also about finding the time, like like owning your own time and feeling like defensive of like wanting to create and not having the time to do it. And, and I don't know if you said, you might have said, but you wrote, you wrote this together? He wrote this okay. one. Yeah, I wrote... We so we liked we liked the idea of writing songs together. We've only done a few of them where we've actually co-written the songs. Most of the time, one of us will write the majority of the song, and the other one will help with the instrumentation or the singing. Um, it's tricky when we're trying to share the song. I think we're both a little selfish when it comes to that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little harder. It's we haven't found our perfect like meet in the middle. Um, there yeah. is one song actually I think that we'll be talking about at some point that was the closest thing we've ever done to a meet yeah. in the middle song. But for yeah. the most part, he will write something and I'll write harmonies to it and add in that way, or I'll write something and he write he adds to it music. We write very different styles of songs, so it's it's almost like I don't want to step on her feet when she's writing the song and she doesn't want to step mm-hmm. on my feet when, you know, so like we compliment each other where we can, but we don't want to get in each other's way either. Right. Right. Do you write music, Ron? Yeah. 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 yeah right, I'm actually recording. Yeah, right, uh, I'm, actually recording uh, I'm working uh, on a very long range project where I'm um, I've got a bunch of like songs from I've, like, I've songs never from, recorded I've never recorded a few recorded, songs with different bands and stuff but I'm taking some of my songs about 20 of them that I've written over the years and um, starting to do a home recording and having um, people that have been on the podcast do the vocals for them 
vocals for it. Because I don't like oh, my, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't like my vocals. Yeah, I don't like my vocals. You're not a you're not into the singing part. Nah, I mean I can you know I can sing a little bit. I'll do like backing vocals here and there and stuff. Sure. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't love my own yeah, voice enough to put it on. I don't think anyone does, man. I think that's a problem for everyone. Hating your own voice is real. Yeah, you got a good voice, so it sounds natural. Like it sounds. Was that? Just got it. You got a voice. Your voice sounds natural. It sounds like a good singing voice. Oh, well, thank you. It's got, since I've been oh, doing the podcast, it's gotten a lot better. If you go back and listen to, I don't even like people listen to first few few episodes because I'm like, hey everybody, I'm doing a podcast. My recorded voice is my least favorite thing in the world. Literally 20 minutes ago, she's like, "How do I make it sound like I'm not?" Like I'm not me, or what did you say? I was just like, how do I not have to hear my own recorded? Vo- how do I not make my recorded voice sound awful? I sound like right. a man when I speak. Right. <laughs> yeah, I really, I it, yeah, it really took a, uh, it really took a, a lot of uh, getting used to like, like believing that's what your voice sounds like, you know. And I've noticed that like if I'm recording, like if 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 and this might you guys might know this already, but when you when you record your vocal, if you while you're recording, if you, if you try to adjust try everything, to adjust, adjust, everything all EQ, adjust all the EQ until it becomes what your voice sounds like, voice really, sounds to you. Really, you know, you have to put you. like more bass you know, and stuff on it because your your voice sounds different in your head. Then it becomes more comfortable to sing sometimes because you think, oh yeah, that's what I really sound like. And then you just after you record it, you wipe that out, and then you say, okay, here's here's what everybody else hears my voice like. Then you make it sound good. I'd actually didn't know that. Wild. I wonder if that's more of like a talking kind of thing like i've never heard of doing that with vocals but yeah. it, i think it would help me yeah. sing if i wasn't always hearing because when you're listening really intently to what you're sounding like through your microphone it's really right kind of mind numbing. Right. yeah that's i mean that's where yeah. i learned it like recording music and then i applied it to, to podcasting but yeah that's what uh wow. is they'll change or they'll change the voice so much that it just doesn't matter if it sounds you're not even thinking about does it sound like me or not you're thinking oh this sounds like you put a phase in or something like that so you're like oh well, this this so isn't like, even oh, trying. This is so processed is it doesn't even sound like my voice. So I'm not even going to worry about it. And then it just takes you out of thinking about it. And then after you get it recorded, you just take all those effects off and start over and kind of build it back up to what sounds right in the song. That is a very interesting. I don't know. We just learned something. It's a sweet little tip. That's cool. We're gonna put that to use. Yeah. Also, double tracking. Also, double tracking. I learned yeah, that. From that also, oh, yeah, it's always from the Beatles, you know. That's from the Beatles. When I uh, when I the first like real pop music I ever listened to, rock music like really got into was the Beatles when I was like twelve, and and you know they double tracked almost all their vocals, and when I heard people not do that, I was like, why aren't you double? Why would you not double track your vocals? That's what the Beatles do. Everybody should do that. Everybody should do that. But I guess yeah, hell yeah. The Beatles is by far my favorite band, but. Also, like double tracking works with them because their their voices are amazing. Right, right. So it doesn't yeah. always work. More from Aunt Vicky in just a few moments. Want to let you know that you can find them at AuntVicky.rocks. That is an awesome website. Uh, want a dot rocks website. Also, search Aunt Vicky on Spotify and iTunes, Bandcamp, wherever you get your music for their uh, existing material and upcoming material some of which of both you're hearing on this podcast. 
Also check the show notes for their social media pages so you can know when they're playing live and have other events and also when their new music is coming out. Hey, this is Danny from The Collect Pond. I wanted to let you know that my new single, Man of Mystique, is out now, so check it out, streaming everywhere. I worked really hard writing, recording, mixing, mastering it, uh, so I hope you dig it. Learn more about The Collect Pond at The Collect Pond, Instagram and Facebook, so follow me there. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search WNC Original Music or just go to WNCOriginalMusic.com or check the show notes for links, uh, convenient links to the podcast on all the major platforms. Clarifications and corrections uh, from last week's episode with Crave Amico. Esperanto is a universal language that is made to uh, unite everyone. You would learn your home country's language and Esperanto. That way everybody would be united by that one common language. Uh, It was a failure. And then um, Esperanza is a car in the video game Rage Racer. So we were both right. Hey guys, this is Rob Walsh from Crave Amico, and thank you for listening to us on WNC Original Music. Did you guys have any uh, musical impressions that you do? Oh, hell no. Oh, no. <laughs> impressions? I tried. Yeah. I, I tried some. Oh. Oh. Aaron might be Let me think on that. Who can I do? I, don't... I used to do, like, I think I used to do Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas back in the day, oh, but yeah. that's about... I don't, I'm not, not going to do that this right now. This is a day. It might not be the day, but it's, it's a day. day. I don't think this is the day
that one, um, I had a weird experience and then I kind of wrote a song about it. Um, I had like a sound healing Reiki experience. It sounds really woo woo and it kind of is. Um, but, uh, my friend had this like crazy sound table where like it hooks in the table, like vibrates with the frequency of the music, which is the frequency of like your heartbeat, which is like, and she did this whole thing. And I was like in this kind of meditation space on this table. And I, I started going into this, like feeling like I was inside of myself and inside of myself was this cave. And there was just this like energy flowing through it. And it was this felt like clinging on inside of myself and inside of a cave was how I was visualizing it. And it was really weird. And then it kind of gave me this whole idea for a song that, um, I'm a very typically very like need to be in control of everything person in control of myself person. And that's where that song and it talking about, um, letting go and kind of like, like letting yourself, you know, realizing that you can't control everything and that there's more to things than what they appear. And that's kind of what that song <laughs> became. Yeah. And it was similar. Um, it started as like a really simple kind of meditative thing. Mm -hmm. Um, very focused on the melody and lyrics first, which is how I do most everything I, when I write. And then Lee is the one that made that one musical like at all like oh, yeah. <laughs> Lee, oh, yeah. Lee comes in there and adds all this beautiful like picking guitar over top and then like adds all the other instrumentation it's got like a jazz trumpet to it oh my gosh that is one of my favorite parts about it is um, when he plays trumpet on that he uses the Harmon mute mm -hmm. and just has this like really pretty kind of like haunting you know trumpet Harmon mute makes it very what uh, instruments do you guys play I play mediocre guitar mm -hmm. and I sing and he plays like everything. So, <laughs> uh, mostly piano, drums, guitar, bass, and trumpet and I sing. But if I can get a hold of some other stuff, I'll try and play that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have a cello, but man, I just cannot afford one yet. Oh, you get it. You get a little uh, student cello for like $250. What? Yeah. On wish.com. I guess I can afford one then. I yeah. On wish? Is that what you <laughs> said? Uh, yeah. On wish. He can play anything and he makes it look easy. It's not even fair. But it's like it benefits me because he does that on my music. So I can't complain. I'd like to have a uh, guitar brand called Mediocre Guitar. I think that would sell. <laughs> yeah. I'm your girl. I'm the face of that. I'm the face of that brand. Let let me play that guitar in a mediocre way and sell it. Because that would that would be like a. I mean, the commercial writes itself. Here's I'm playing mediocre guitar on my mediocre guitar. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I work on the advertising more than the uh, quality of the guitars. I mean, a couple of years ago, the brand would have been very bad guitar. Right. Right. I'm playing very bad guitar on a very bad guitar. I'm Generation X, so I think Generation X would kind of embrace that kind of thing. Like, uh, eh, it's like okay guitars. They're all right. <laughs> I know some Pretty amazing. Good. I know some amazing guitars that play on mediocre guitars. Yeah, and swear by.
coming out on uh, October 8th as a single with a video. That's my birthday. Thanks, guys. Woohoo! So nice of you. We did it for you. <laughs> we did it for you. All right, so tell me about Vigil. It's about me and my birthday, but other than that. Yeah, it's about your birthday, um, first of all. What um, sign is it? Um, you're a Virgo? No, that's next month. But are you a Virgo? Uh, Libra. Libra. Oh, yeah, favorite people. Some of our favorite people are Libras. Um, I'm not just saying that oh, because oh, you're interviewing us right now. This actually, that's actually real. <laughs> I assume anytime somebody tells me something, I assume at least one out of 12 of your favorite people are Libras. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a Libra way Fair of thinking. Enough. Um, okay, so no, Vigil is a song we were talking about earlier that is the closest thing we've ever done to like a straight songwriting collaboration. Um, I started the song. Um, I wrote it originally for my brother who's having, was having a very hard time and I live far away and he's back in Michigan and it just kind of the whole theme of caring about somebody, um, who's having a hard time, but not being able to fix their problems for them. Mm. You know, you can care and you can try to send, like you can give advice, you can send your wishes and prayers towards someone, but like ultimately they're on their own journey. And so for me, it was sort of like a meditative, like release of, I can't live someone else's life for them. I can love them and I can want the best for them, but I have to live my own life. And it's sort of like being on my own. We're all on our own path. We can love other people and we can care about other people who are on their path, their paths. But like, we can't, we can't change a person's life. We can't make something better for them. We can't fix something for someone else. Um, and so I wrote the first and last verse and the chorus of that song um, and the melody and the guitar part for that. But uh, I was like stuck and I was like, shoot, I'm like, I have like three quarters of a song, mm -hmm. but I just, I don't, I don't have anything else to say around it. I've said what I need to say and I don't want to like put something redundant in there. And Lee went to work with the song in his head and it just so happens that he has three brothers and he is very much in same thing. We just love our family and we're very close to all of our family. And I guess I can defer to you on this, but he came home with a verse in his head and it was very personal for his own brother, but it fit completely thematically with the song. So it almost feels like a joint. And I mean, now we're married and, and so like, his brother is my brother and my brother is his brother. And we, you know, we care about equally about all of these people. So it felt like a very natural. Yeah. It wasn't uh it wasn't intentional. Like we sat down and put our heads together and tried to write a song. I was scrubbing the grill at Live Up Cafe where I worked in New Orleans and the melody was circling in my head. And I was like, oh, then and I had a verse and so and so he came home and it's and so the way we recorded that song like I sing all the verses I wrote and he sings that second verse and it's really cool mm -hmm. it brings a different energy to it I don't know I we don't do that a lot where we switch off verses and yeah. stuff like that as a gimmick or whatever it just worked really well with that song um and as far as we're releasing that on um October 8th with a video that we filmed in Asheville and I don't know if you know Laura Boswell. Hmm? She's been on the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. She's uh, she's awesome, and she's gotten recently. Into I guess you don't listen to the podcast. You would have known that. We no. haven't heard Laura's. No, no we've been listening, but 
I have, we have been listening. We've been listening to all your recent episodes, though. Have you? Yeah, we're recent. We're is that you, episode three? Because you told us not to listen. To the oh first yeah, yeah, don't listen to that. No, so so Laura's um, recently gotten into video, and she has uh, she's done the video for this, and I'm really excited about about how that turned out with the content, like the way that we decided to film it. We did it in a. Uh, um, you know those prayer mazes, like those labyrinths, yeah. Yeah. like those stone labyrinths. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we used one of those, uh, kind of dressed in all black, sort of, sort of funerary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it definitely a song about letting go, so it had a little bit of that element to it. Yeah. It's a little goth. It's a little goth, but um, we're all walking through this, you know, with candles and sage, and she's got she has one of those cool drones that does the above shot, so yeah. you can see us. Yeah on our own paths, like weaving through each other and kind of in this maze. And, oh, and there's nice. a lot of content nice. in the song having to do with, um, like hoping that they find their way out and kind of walking in circles. And, and, and and yeah. And, and so I'm really excited for that one to come out because I feel like it was one of those, I feel like the visuals really marry in really nice with the song in that video. It so. also shows, so it showcases more of her songwriting style of like dark and, um, I don't know, more somber, like in my, mine is more like lights out. Lights out like, is more his style. It's kind of bubbly and lots of energy. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of energy and a lot of like, he's definitely more like positive and I'm more, you know, negative, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. We'll have a little balance. Right, right. Yeah. So we'll have two very different songs and videos, but. Come out neutral. That's good. Yeah, I think we balance each other out. Chaotic neutral. Yeah. Like Dungeons and Dragons style. <laughs> you ever roll a D8? What's that? You ever roll a D8? Did I ever roll a D8? D8. I don't even know what that because means. No, it's yeah. a Dungeons and Dragons terminology. <laughs> if you if you know if you know. I'm going if you full, don't know, then you don't I'm know. I'm going full nerd. All right, I want to thank Aaron and Lee of Aunt Vicky. Aunt Vicky. Aunt Vicky. My mother's sister, Vicky, I think is the full name. Anyway, Aunt Vicky, for being on the podcast. I uh, had a really good time talking to them. Don't forget to check out their website, AuntVicky.rocks. And check out the show notes or search them on Spotify or iTunes or all the streaming and music download sites. Just search Aunt Vicky. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, or go to wncoriginalmusic.com to listen to all the past episodes. Christmas is coming up, so make sure to consider buying some local band merchandise for the loved ones in your life. Uh, Those are like the coolest presents they can get. They're individual, they're unique. It's the perfect thing if you're thinking, um, I don't know what to buy for this person, I'm going to get them a gift card. No, don't do that. Get them something really cool that they can't get for themselves or don't get for themselves. Get them some um, local band merchandise like a t-shirt. And it's even better if it's a band they haven't heard of before because it'll introduce them to that band and you know that everybody in their high school won't also be wearing that t-shirt. Providing the closing song this week is Presley Pardue. She's a singer-songwriter originally from our own western North Carolina town of Swannanoa and then Asheville, but now she lives in Centerville, Virginia, all of which are my hometown. She writes all kinds of music, from heartfelt love songs to protest music. You can find her music on Spotify and Apple. 
and check the show notes for her social media links. Here is Presley Pardue. Have a good week. for dinner if you want to stick around you're invited